Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today, we have a very special guest with us. She's all the way from Singapore and living ahead of us. So before I introduce her, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program tonight. So tonight, we will get to know our guest, and we'll also find out how does she envision an ideal society, a perfect world, world where everyone is happy and lives a fulfilled life the type of society that we are building right now a creative society and if you have never heard about the project creative society it is a global initiative run by volunteers from over 180 different countries in order to find out how do we envision our future how can we build that future together to learn more about the project, please visit alatriunites.com. So my name is Olga and my co-host tonight is Steve. Welcome, Steve. And our guest of honor is Ange Dove. And she is your business transformation godmother. So Ange, welcome to the program. Thank you, Olga. It's nice to, to be here. It's so mm -hmm. nice have you and thank you so much for hosting me about a month ago I was on your podcast so we are returning uh, the favor and we are hosting you and really getting to know you better so tell us a little bit more about your background and what do you do as a business godmother <laughs> okay so um, I run a content creation agency so I, I write content for businesses to be able to market themselves and tell their stories and I also, as an offshoot of that, have a training arm for the business, which helps um, small businesses to market their own businesses themselves. So it's, a, it's teaching them how to do the online marketing, uh, do their branding. Um, so I'm the, the business transformation fairy godmother in that sense, because I'm helping people that uh, may be coming from the corporate world who want to start their business to actually start from scratch to start everything and how to, to build that brand and, and run it. So it gives them then the time freedom um, to be able to, to design the business around their lives. Yes, and how did you get started in that field? So uh, with the, the content writing, I started 20 years ago when my kids were young and I just wanted to work from home. And this was like at the dawn of the internet, you just had your first home computer. And I realized that I could actually just run a business from home at that point. So I started it with really no knowledge of how to run a business at all. <laughs> I was a teacher before that. So I had absolutely no idea really what I was doing, but I managed to figure it out and it's still going, it's still running. So um, that's how that one started. And then the, the training part of it started um, about a year or so ago, where it was just the realization I had a lot of um, smaller business owners coming to me. And when I started listening to the problems they were having, I could really identify with them because although I was a copywriter, I could write my material, but I relied on other agencies to be able to help me to market it and do all the technology um, and I was really struggling with that. So I went and learned how to do that myself. And that freed me up completely to be able to market my own business. So when I realized that a lot, a lot of other business owners were facing the same problem, that's when I started um, my Market Smart training arm of that. 
-hmm. Ange, I am curious to know where the name, how did you come up or how were you dubbed the fairy godmother <laughs> of business transformation? <laughs> Um, well, the key thing that I do as a, the core thing is business transformation. So it's helping people who are stuck somewhere in their business um, to transform. So I take them either in their branding from being unknown to being unforgettable. Um, I take them from, from being in command to being in demand. And then I take them from competing on price to competing on value. Um, so it's a three-step three transformation in their business in that sense. Um, and then how, how did I come up with the, the fairy godmother part really was a coach who helped me with that and just said, this is who you are. And I struggled with that for a long time. But, you know, you know, and you, you go and you ask people, OK, what 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 three words do you identify with me? So I went and asked to people and the, the things that came back were bubbly was one that everybody said was bubbly. And another one I kept getting was motherly. And then I was like, okay, I can't fight it. This is who I am. So, <laughs> so I'll just look after people. I'm the fairy godmother. <laughs> yes, it makes sense. And it fits well. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And Ange, how important it is to really recognize for businesses or for personal gain and development that we do need to transform. We can't remain the same. Mm. And that the transformation does need to take place because it's kind of the way to for us to um i guess go on a path of evolution is to recognize that we need to transform how important mm. is that mm. uh, yeah i think um when you look back through history i mean the only constant they say is change you have to be willing to change and i think a lot of people especially like business owners they tend to be very resistant to change you trying to you know, this idea that everything should be smooth and you have this um, constant tra trajectory, but actually mostly life is up, down, up, down, up, down, right? So you have to, um, I would say, take the, the rough with the smooth. Um, so I think people always have to accept that there, there is change and you, where you can't resist it, but um, you work with what you have, I would say in that sense. Mm. Ange, how, uh, how important is the personal responsibility come into play? We're talking about transformation of our businesses. Uh -huh. If I'm moving into that, where does that piece personal responsibility play? And, and how important really is that in my own business transformation? Right. It's everything. It's everything. When you're a, a business owner or you're trying to change anything in your life, basically, you are the catalyst for the change, really. You can get people to help you but if you don't make the moves nothing's going to change so it's taking ownership um even if things are wrong it's looking at, okay it's i did this so i need to find a way to to get out of it so it's just that that whole ownership of um of your situation and if you want to change it then you have to make the moves to change it uh, people aren't going to do it for you necessarily and Angie, I also wanted to ask you, what do you think about business competition versus collaboration? And what has really been the driving force for all the change you have seen so far? Yeah, I think um, I'm seeing more today of people wanting to collaborate, which is great. Um, because, you know, you know, when you, you have this mindset of, I want to grab the biggest piece of pie, 
you know, that doesn't really work. But when, when you have a mindset of, well, I can share the pie and together we can grow the pie, that, that's a much more positive mindset. And then, you know, especially with small businesses but, or with any business, really, you can't do everything yourself and you can't have the impact you want just on your own. You have to collaborate with people and share. And then when you collaborate, you actually get to do more because you have more people with different skills that are, are helping you. And I think there's this whole, the way the world is going with the internet, which I think is fantastic, right? When you have the internet and people are so much more connected today, um, it's so much easier to actually collaborate with people across boundaries, right? Across geographies. And so with my business now, I um, employ people in different countries in the world. I'm completely on the cloud. I don't have to be set in one physical office. So, uh, and then what happens there is I just get to be able to tap off the skills of other people that I wouldn't have had any access to in the past. So that's really... It's a really positive growth thing, I think, for, for, for the world in that sense, right? And then you're giving opportunities to people in different countries that wouldn't necessarily have had those opportunities in the past as well. That's really cool. We're going to be shifting here in a minute. We're going to talk about Creative Society and your vision of this Creative Society. Mm-hmm. I wish we could just say, uh, Ange, Fairy Godmother, wave your magic wand, transform us from a consumeristic society to the Creative mm-hmm. Society. Unfortunately, it probably can't happen just like that. So with that said, as we move this conversation that direction, Mm -hmm. what do you think needs to happen in a transformation of thoughts as we head toward a more creative society? I think think people have got to be more open um, and more worldly and knowledgeable in a sense. Um, I think uh, ignorance is is something that really crushes anything in society really. And when people look at things from just one point of view and they don't see other people's point of views, um, you know, and you've got to be, this is what we, uh, we talked about before about um, information and you'll be very careful how information is handled. And you, you can have cases of buckets of society or people in society that just get their new source moved from one source and they don't see the other side of things so they have a very unbalanced view and I mean we saw maybe in the US with the um, upcoming inauguration what happened outside uh, you know you know with, with Trump and things so it was that's kind of an, an like an indication of what can happen when too many people have the wrong information and, um, you know, it causes civil unrest and loss yeah. of lives even as well, right? Yes, and in mm-hmm. a creative society, we do have a foundation that will prevent this from happening in the future. So mm-hmm. I would like to bring this up on the screen and Steve, if you can read it for us and frame a question for Ange to ask. It's foundation number four, transparency of information. Every human has the right to receive reliable information about the movement and distribution of public funds. Each human has access to information about the status of implementation of the society's decisions. The mass media belongs exclusively to the society and reflects information truthfully 
openly and honestly. Mm. Yeah, so that's, um, that's kind of the thing I was just alluding to there was, um, you know, where we get our information from. And, you know, in the past, you always had, you know, people would say you can't necessarily believe what you read in the papers. So you had the, in the past, the idea of like, you had gossip columns and, you know, that they're writing things sometimes just to sell the papers. And then you had a few so-called reliable newspapers, but then the rest of them used, you know, what you read is, is rubbish really. And it's just not true. And I think celebrities have battled that a lot. And then you had like in the UK, the Royal family, um, just the way they were treated by the tabloid press and followed everywhere and things like that. So that's the, the negative side of things. Um, on a positive side, I think we are, we have the opportunity today to be more um, knowledgeable about what's going on because we have the internet, because we're all connected. Um, we have this massive opportunity to uh, really understand what's going on and, and, and get the information that we need um, to make decisions that we need to make in our lives. But as I said uh, before, that if you're just getting that information from one source, it's not balanced. So it's just getting this balanced information and then just knowing, trying to understand what's true and what's not true, uh, which can be really difficult on the internet, especially because this is the thing with the algorithms on the internet. Um, when, you know, you look at Facebook and places like that, when you start to consume a certain type of information, they will push that more of that information to you. So even if you're trying to, to get a balanced view, the algorithms are, controlling what you can see so this is one reason it's so important for people when they're searching for information online that they actually search for information that they may be the opposite point of view they're searching for that as well because um, if you don't you're the what's going to come into your feed on everything is is you're actually you end up being um, less informed than we would have been in with the, the normal press in the past because um, you've chosen to consume a certain part of information and you're not seeing the rest of it that other people are seeing. So we're all tending to read um, and consume very different information from each other. Whereas in the past, we at least we all used to get the same information. The same right. untruthful information and now <laughs> all kinds of information coming at us and we don't no longer know. And that actually yes. separates separates people a lot because some mm. people, you know, read one column, and other people read another column and the views are so different. But mm. Angie, what can we really do to stop this separation amongst us, not just in between the countries, between, you know, just family members, everybody, how can we all come to peace and unity and understanding that we are one global family? Mm. I think it's, it's a challenge, I would say. And it's like using the internet for good will be one. Um, Cause it, it can be a good, it can be a force for good, but it also could be a force for evil. So um, I think education, making people aware of how to consume information. So that would start in schools, for example, of um, just making people um, aware on, on that aspect and that not everything is true and they've got to use their brain and, and, and work things out. Um, that would be one aspect. Another would be um, travel, 
I'm say travel, because the more you travel and you, you meet other cultures and you see how other people live um, and you get a greater understanding of who people are and that basically we are all the same. Right. But and again, it's, it's things like these little things like um, because you get certain even like TV programs, for example. So we used to get when I was living in the UK, we used to get a lot of American programs on the TV. Right. So all these these American chat, not chat shows, but um, um, comedy shows and detective series and all those kind of things. Right. And then you form an idea based on those programs <laughs> of what America must be like right <laughs> but of course those programs are there the the problems are amplified right so you see it's like everyone's killing each other and you know stuff like that and it it looks really really amplified and you know they're, they're telling it just because they're telling a story and they're trying to entertain right but in, in reality it's not that everybody gets shot every day with a gun kind of thing you can live quite peacefully in, in most obviously that is a problem but in most places it's not like a in your face as it would be on the, the the tv screen things like that so you can get a very skewed idea of a culture or a country based on just the information that you've seen on the tv and then at least until you actually go there and you you experience it for yourself um you know, you, 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 you can still have that warped point of view and the thing. Um, so, it, you know, and things like, I mean, as taking a bigger picture would be, you look at um, ter the terrorism that's going on, you know, you know with the, the Islamic extremists and things like that. And you can then get based on what you read in the papers, based on what you see on the TV. And if you, that's all you know, you're going to get the idea that um, every Muslim is a terrorist and they have these really bad thoughts and views and everything. But actually when you meet normal people on the streets, no, they're not like that. So, and that's something that you can only get from, from traveling and exposing yourself to different points of view. Mm. Angie, I love that because we have a comedian here named Trevor Noah and yeah. he actually, one of his stand-up comedy shows says this travel is the antidote for ignorance. Yes. And having, you've lived overseas and yeah. I was from Russia, so we have different times. And one of the exciting things, not much about travel, but even living abroad is seeing your own country through other people's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we, we buy our own propaganda. We begin mm. to believe it ourselves, yeah. and, and we separate ourselves from that, which brings me to my question for you is the importance of the mass media often sends propaganda and often sends certain contents. You're mm -hmm. a content writer, you are a copywriter. This is your profession <laughs> is to shape messages. Mm -hmm. How important is it for the people in your industry to really be um, intentional about sending correct information versus spinning mm -hmm. something? Uh, I just think of the infomercials who sell us stuff. I mean, I, I the, the Ninja Power, 3000 whatever you know nutrient extractor it's just mm -hmm. a big blender but man yeah, i'm gonna yeah. nutrient extractor. so how do you think that fits in an openness and transparency of well, let's call it truthful information how can we do that for a creative society just to really get that truth out there oh, yeah yeah that's a challenge um yeah because obviously the business is that are marketing those things want them to be sold so you're gonna as you say they're gonna spin a certain point of view right um 
and I think it's just like as I said it's it's the way people consume just their information that they're getting also applies to how they're making their purchases for example so just being more aware of what you know of course the companies are going to say this is the greatest thing you know you've ever seen but then you've got to take that with a pinch of salt and realize okay you are being marketed to and I think a lot of people realize that today they can recognize that it is marketing that this is the best light they're going to see this in and and what's the other side I think people are are, are, are more aware today of that um but yeah it, it, it is an, an issue that you you kind of have to show the best so it can be it can be deceptive and it's also and it's very easy in a way it's very easy to fall into it as well um but I like I, I see sometimes programs on the tv where they're they're teaching people how to shop, for example. And just the awareness that just because something is the most expensive doesn't mean it's the best. Um, and conversely, if it's the cheapest, doesn't mean it's the worst. And um, just being able to, to make those decisions based on, okay, what does it actually do? And which one is best for me, myself, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's a difficult um, thing to get around, I would say. And I think personal responsibility plays a lot of role in that mm. on both on the marketer side and the consumer side mm. as well. So as you mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, I think we are seeing a move to people being more aware of what they consume and, and saying okay. no to, to certain things that they don't they, they they think yeah. it's unethical or they don't want to buy again because we have more information that's mm -hmm. happening so you you get the, the good and the bad all the time you've got this you know um it, it can be a force for good so when you have that information and you know um okay one example that i used to i give sometimes with my branding when i'm teaching people branding is this this idea that um the people who shout loudest win right and this is not necessarily the right people it's the, you know it's not the necessarily the person that's the best at what they do that wins is the person that shouts the loudest um I, I give the example of these two scientists in the 60s that were nutritionists and they were doing research on nutrition and the one guy um concluded from his research that fat was evil and um should be banned from the diet so then that started the whole um you know nutritional phase of everything being low fat, taking the fat out of everything in the diet. And, um, and the food industry really just bowed to the pressure of people saying, I'm not eating fat, right? And then the result of that was that they put sugar in instead. So everything has sugar, then you get you're raised in diabetes and, and, um, and obesity and things. And then the other scientists were saying, no, it's not fat, it's sugar you should be reducing sugar sugar is the thing that and it took like 30 years for this message to come through and the guy had died by the time this was accepted and so now you're seeing this re reversal of a people um you know and, and that's the thing is with the information it's people completely believed that one point of view and mm -hmm. then the, the damage that that has done is incredible actually mm -hmm. and now people yeah. are, are realizing that actually it's the other is the other way well, so, and we want the creative society to win. How do we <laughs> shout the loudest? <laughs> what can you, what, uh, how what can you help us position ourselves to be the loudest voice out there? 
yeah i mean do what you're doing it, it's it's um it's, it's just being in front of people the more the more people see you the more people hear the message um the more they'll believe it and that's the thing is 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 you start to you know it's like you, you said earlier about um business owners taking ownership of you know how they how they're going to run their lives and stuff and it's you know if somebody has told themselves the same story over and over and over again they start to believe it themselves right yeah. and it so it works the same way in marketing as well if you hear yeah. the same thing over and over again you'll start to believe it um, awesome so and, and you know what that leads the next question is because we interview millions of people around the globe and mm -hmm. we ask them one question is what type of society you would like to live in where you your family and your friends are happy and live a mm -hmm. fulfilled life for mm -hmm. so what is that vision for you um i think firstly like no war would be the the biggest thing stop fighting um because it gets nowhere right it just destroys loads of lives and at, at the end the only resolution is really dialogue right so having a more open society in that sense where people can talk to each other and um education i would say as well education and making sure that education is balanced and again that through education you're not giving just one point of view you're giving you know so it all comes down to education at the end of the day um but yeah so my ideal society would be one with uh, where everyone is peaceful they get along they respect each other um it all equal equal um rights equal possibilities for everyone um you know for it doesn't matter what sex you are what what um age you are what race you are whether you're male female you know we should all have the same opportunities and be respected in the same way and that is really cool and i want i've got probably 37 more questions that i want to ask you and i'm sure that our producers are already sending text messages to let's go wrap it up guys you're almost done <laughs> so i will ask you this question is there someone in your, your network, someone you know that you think would be a great guest to be on our show? We'd love mm -hmm. to reach out and connect with all the people we can and invite mm -hmm. them on and ask them the same questions we've asked mm -hmm. you about how can we make this creative society a reality? Yeah. Um, okay, so I can think of um, this one associate of mine. Um, he's from India. He lives in Singapore. He's a business owner um, and um, his business is in technology and he has a business that, that helps um, India basically to educate the children around India. So he's making a difference there. Um, so I think he would be an ideal person to have on. Oh, yes, for sure. So we will reach out to you after the program and we can connect with him. And definitely technology will help us to advance in the most peaceful mm -hmm. way if used correctly. So thank mm -hmm. you so much, Angie. And before we go, is there something we forgot to ask you or is there something you would like to wish to our audience tonight? Um, I think we've you know, covered everything. Um, but yeah, I would just say peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> 
it seems so easy, but it's very yeah. uh, hard to achieve when we continue living in a consumeristic society where the profits really rule over everything human in us. But mm -hmm. I know that together we can shout loud that we no longer want to live this way. We really want to live in peace, love, compassion, mm -hmm. understanding, and kindness. And that's mm -hmm. the world we all can be proud of. So, Ange, thank you so much for being on. Steve, thank you so much for co-hosting. And for our viewers, if you would like to learn more about the project Creative Society, and if you would like to become a guest on our program or just to join us to share your ideas or to ask questions that you might have about the project, please visit alatraunites.com. And on the website, you can learn more about the initiatives. You can read about the eight pillars of the Creative Society and how they were formed and that we are at the informational stage of the project right now. So every single person around the globe will know about Creative Society, mm -hmm. but we can make it happen much faster if everybody can start sharing this information and having such meaningful conversations like we had today with Ange. So thank you so much, everybody. And I will leave you guys off with the promotional video for the next conference that will be happening on March 20th. And to our viewers, have a good night. Bye-bye. Unprecedented event of present history. Initiative that comes from people around the world main project of humanity. People stopped being silent about urgent issues of our society. How it all started. May 2019, International Online Conference, Society, The Last Chance. 140 countries of the world, hundreds of thousands of people online, hundreds of broadcast platforms, translated into seven languages, simultaneously. If we all want to live in peace, why do we have a world of violence and destruction? It is up to us to build a different world. How can we do it? December 2020, Creative Society, United We Can, 180 countries of the world, millions of people online, thousands of streaming platforms, 35 languages simultaneously translated. People have voiced today's reality and what they truly desire. And it is the creative society. All cultures have an image of the ideal world people want to live in. A world that prophets talked about. The time has come when we can make it real. How will we use this chance? Let's meet March 20, 2021, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. International online event of global scale. Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. This is the day the world will unite to find out the truth Join the entire humanity and spread the message.